Praise the Lord that He has chosen to call us here together this morning. You see, we are, we are here because He desired it. He placed it within us to desire to come. So we owe Him everything. As I, I was talking with Michelle this morning, she was praising the Lord for Him being in charge and in control. And He is all the time. Praise God. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. This morning, Jeremiah chapter 29. Next week is a great big day in the life of our church. A great big day. We have, as a church, we have nominated and elected two deacons, two young men. And as I was praying about this and thinking about how we prepare ourselves for that day, the Lord led me back to this message. I had preached this message several years ago. And the title of it is Hope for the Future. So this is where we're at as a church. We have hope for the future because of who we serve. There's always a period of time in the life of a Christian, in the life of a church, uh, that sometimes things don't go the way they're so, supposed to. But because of God being faithful and Him uh, uh, receiving honor and glory, He restores those who seek Him. And today and tomorrow, next Sunday, we are blessed to have two young men who are qualified as deacons. We actually have more than that, and praise the Lord for that, because I know, and I've spoken with our guys about this, there's a lot of churches, and I would say the majority of churches our size and even larger have few men who are qualified to serve in the deaconhood. So we are, we are really blessed. We have hope for the future. These guys, I hadn't asked them their age, but I know they're under 40, I think. I, I'm... I think that's right. I was generous. Well, no, that's not generous to say. Uh, anyway, they've got a long period of service of head and that's where I was going with that. It, you know, it didn't seem like a compliment, but that's the way I meant. Uh, but anyway, the church is blessed to have young men who are willing to serve and qualified to serve. So it's an amazing thing how we got to where we are today. So in... In this message, what we're going to do is we're going to go back and look at the nation of Israel, literally the nation of Judah, who was overthrown and taken into captivity by Nebuchadnezzar in the nation of Babylon. Now, as we look at these, as we read this passage of Scripture, understand that Jeremiah the prophet was seeking to console those who had been taken off into captivity, and he was seeking to give them hope. And where we are today, as the sun shines outside and God is still on the throne, we always have hope when we serve the Lord. We always have the promise of tomorrow as we serve the Lord. Because no matter what happens here today, whether our life is taken or whatever goes on here, if we're serving the Lord, we've got a brighter future for tomorrow. Always. Uh, we we always have that to look forward to. So let's read our passage of Scripture, Jeremiah chapter 29. We're going to begin in verse 10 and read through the very first part of verse 14. 
So understanding that Jeremiah wrote this letter to the captives that had been taken to Babylon from Jerusalem, and Jeremiah is still in Jerusalem. So he says this, For thus says the Lord, After seventy years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. Today, I want you to see, I want you to recognize that there is hope in our church. There's hope for you individually. And as long as we trust in the Lord God Almighty, there's always the promise of a better day tomorrow. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we do bow before you, thanking you for the promises that you have given us in your word. How awesome you are, God, that you are always on the throne, even when we don't realize it, even when we don't praise you for it. Father, we, we sometimes don't attribute the things that happened to you, but Father, you are in charge and in control. And Lord, you're working things out for our, our good. And Father, even when things go bad, Lord God, I know that you have a purpose in them. So Father, as we study your word, as we praise you for where you have brought your church, we ask for your blessings today in the name of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now the nation of Israel had been brought out of slavery in Egypt, and the Lord placed them into His promised land. He promised them to give them this land flowing with milk and honey. And He told them, as long as you serve Me, you're going to be able to stay in this land. I will protect you. I will be your rock, your shield, your fortress. I will not only provide for you, but I will protect you and bless you. But He says, but if you don't do that, then there's going to be some consequences that come. And guess what happened? The Israelites fell away from the Lord. So the Lord used other, other countries, other nations, to come in and defeat the Israelites and, and chastise them so that they would draw back to God once again. And it had finally gotten so bad, they had gotten so far away from God that God, that God says, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm, you're going into captivity, and you're going to stay there 70 years. The prophet Jeremiah said 70 years. So now... We start looking at captivity. Think about that. This is God's chosen people. Why would he send them into captivity? Well, what is the cause of their captivity? Very simply put, it was their rebellion against God. Their rebellion. You see, they caused their own captivity. If they had it their way, they would have stayed in Jerusalem. They would have stayed in Judea. And they wouldn't have, have you know... Stayed at home, kept their farms, kept their businesses, and kept doing all the things that they usually did. But 
They were not following God's will and God's way for their lives. They were still sacrificing in the temple. They were still doing all the things that they were supposed to do uh, physically. But they had worshipped other gods and just kept offering the sacrifices of the one true God. So basically what they were doing was going through the motions with God and expecting God to continue to bless them. And you know how that works out? It always ends in captivity. And that's what happened with them. They, their disobedience to Almighty God caused them to go into captivity. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, this is what happens. Moses, as he was bringing them out of Israel, um, out of Egypt, and, and placing them in, in the promised land, leading them there, he was writing these things down from the Lord. The Lord gave him a message to tell to the Israelites. And this is what he says in Deuteronomy 13, I'm, I'm sorry, 30, verse 15 through 18. He says, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. So God says simply to them, he put everything out there in black and white. He says, I'm placing you in this land. If you serve me, if you worship me, you'll stay there. But if you turn your back on me, if you start worshiping other gods that are not gods, then simply put, I'm going to punish you and you're going to leave this land. And guess what they did? They rebelled against the word of God. They rebelled against God. They caused their own selves to be overthrown. Now, some people will say, well, God didn't do that. Some pe the, the gospel of Oprah. Y'all know what that is, right? God is all love and he will never judge anybody. God is not a jealous God. Uh, he, he is only love. And that's not right, because you can't love someone unless you're willing to punish them for doing wrong things. It's not love to see someone doing something that's going to hurt themselves and let them continue to do that. God had already told them, this is what you need to do. This is the best thing for you. Follow me, follow my statutes, follow my judgments. But if you don't, then you're going to be overthrown. It's going to go bad with you. You're going to serve and, and uh, other kings that will overthrow, kill your people. They will do all these evil things to you unless you stay with me. Unless you worship me. God warned them and told them that it was going to happen. And then, this is what God said in Jeremiah chapter 29. He says four times that he caused them to go into captivity. In verse 4, he says, I caused you to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. He says in verse 7, I, caused, I have caused you to be carried away captive. He says in verse 14, which I caused you to be carried away captive. And then in verse 20, whom I have sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. God said plainly to the Israelite people, I did this. I caused you to be carried away captive. 
Now, the Israelites were thinking, we're supposed to be your people. Why did you do that to us? And God simply says, your rebellion against me. You see, you can't claim God's blessings. You can't claim the name of Christ and be opposed to Christ. You see, there's some people who consider themselves to be Christians that do not behave Christian-like at all. So how can you say that you are of Christ or that you belong to Him when you do not behave as though you do? Jesus said in chapter 8 of John, I was studying that this week, and, and he's, He called the people there. He says, you are of your father, Satan. You are of your father, the devil. He said, you do what he wants you to do. You follow him. You lie, cheat, and steal. You, you kill. Uh, all of those things. So you are of your father, the devil. He says, if you knew my father, if you were of my father, then you would know me. When you walk up to an apple tree, and there's apples hanging, and you take one and you take a bite of it and you say, that's a good apple. That's an apple, apple tree. You, you, you make the connection between the two. But if you walk up to an apple tree and it's putting off figs, then you know something's wrong. Now, the cause of captivity is rebellion. God used Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon as his instruments of judgment upon his people. You see... God will use the ungodly to straighten out the godly. Listen now. God will use ungodly people to chastise his children. So if something bad happens to you, don't automatically give the devil credit for it. Because God will send you into captivity for your rebellion against him. Now, so what's the purpose of captivity? We've looked at the cause. The cause is rebellion. What is the purpose of captivity? Why is it that God would send you, someone into captivity, the nation of Israel? He has sent time and time again, He had sent His people, the prophets, and asked them to follow them, listen to them. Prophet after prophet would go in and tell them, hey, look, you know, you're messing up. You're doing wrong things. If you don't straighten up, God's going to do something that you don't want to do. He's going to punish you. And you know what they did? They stoned them. They killed them. They, they ran them out. Wouldn't listen to them. All of those kinds of things. So now, what is the purpose of captivity? Sometimes you have to be overthrown. Sometimes you have to be carried away in order to get your attention to be refocused. We don't like that part. We don't like to think about that. Sometimes God has to displace us in order to get our attention. I remember watching the movies back in the old days and somebody, somebody would run into a room and they would have some, some dire news, some important news, an, an emergency going on and they'd be rattling on and, and none of it would be making sense and the hero in the, the movie would grab them by the collar and go pap, pap and slap them around a little bit and now, you know, tell me what you're talking about. Slow down. You see what he did when he gave him the pap, pap, he got his attention. And he made him focus on what he was there for 
so that he could say, he could give the message. Let me tell you what God does to me sometimes. He snatches me up by the collar and he wraps me across the head a couple of times and he says, now do I have your attention? So let me tell you the reason that that just happened. And God gives me a, a little bit of a focus at that point. Whenever I stop and realize that he's in charge, he's in control, and he pops me upside the head and he says, okay, now are you listening? God wants to get us refocused. Sometimes when we go into captivity, it's because of our rebellion. And when we go into captivity, it's because God wants to get our attention. So let me ask you something. Are you experiencing captivity right now? Over something? Over anything? You know what Jesus says? He says, if you've got sin in your life, then sin is your master. Are you serving a different God? Are you, are you serving that sin? He said, you're a slave to that sin. Now, when we think about this, God getting our attention, sometimes we get caught in our sin, or we, we get punished because of our sin, so that we can get refocused. We can get back to, to what it is that God wants us to do, or we see the path that we have gone astray from and get back on that path. Are you a captive because of your rebellion? And then, after you have been taken captive, does God have your attention? So many times we, when we get to that point, when we, we feel like God is bearing down on us or we're carried off into captivity, we want to throw the pity party. Oh, poor me, I've done this and... and Look at all the things that have happened to me. Look, and, and it's always me. There's something always bad happening and that sort of thing. But guess what? Our actions might have brought that on. So why throw a pity party when you've caused yourself to be in the situation that you're in? Why not turn your attention to God and ask Him, talk to Him and say, God, why Am I here? What are you trying to tell me? Why, where do I need to go from here? Because I know that I'm not where I need to be, so show me how to get back where I do need to be. God will refocus us, but he's got to, he will always judge our rebellion, and he will get our attention some way, some fashion, some form, he will get our attention. And that is the purpose of it, to get our attention. But once he's got our attention... There's hope in captivity. You see, the reason that Jeremiah wrote this letter to the captives that had gone from Jerusalem to Babylon was to give them hope. Now, their country had just been overthrown, and they were led away literally in chains. Five months it took walking to get to Babylon from Jerusalem. 
in chains, a long march. All the while, the rich people, the upper class in Jerusalem were treated like slaves because they were slaves. They weren't used to wearing dirty clothes. They, weren't used, they were used to wearing the best. They were used to being treated like somebody. But now they were slaves. And when they got to Babylon, they were treated no better. So Jeremiah wrote to them, and he says, here's a word from God for you. Thus says the Lord God, uh, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit, take wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. And then he says, For thus says the Lord, After seventy years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you. So he said to them, You're going to be in captivity for seventy years. So he put a time limit on it. Whenever they went, whenever they left, he said, starting then, 70 years and I'm going to bring you back. As far as they knew, before Jeremiah wrote this letter, they would never see Jerusalem again. They didn't know what was going to happen while they were in captivity. But God said, through Jeremiah, I'm coming to visit you again. I will visit you. And when God visits, the hope of captivity is to be restored to him. You see, that's the whole purpose. That was, that God desires that close relationship that he created us for. And when we rebel against him, when we break that relationship, he has to get us refocused so that he can restore us back to himself. That's the whole purpose of Christ coming and dying on the cross for us to restore us back to a right relationship with God. The purpose for which we were created. God says, I'm going to visit you. In verse 11, he says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. God says, I have a plan for your future. He says, I haven't forgotten you. I'm not throwing you away in the dung heap. I'm not throwing you away in the garbage pile and never will I remember you again. I'm going to come and visit you in 70 years. And I know that I have a purpose for your future. He goes on. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. They had just experienced the overthrow of the nation. Many people were slain and killed, and many more were taken into captivity. And now God is telling them, hey, I'm not looking at you for evil. I want to give you the good. 
You see, there has to be the chastisement for sin, for rebellion. The chastisement is to get us, get our attention and get us refocused on God so that when we are refocused on God, we can be restored by him when we walk in the way that he has for us. He says, I want to give you a future and a hope. Then in verse 12, 13, and 14, God says, then you will call upon me. You see what's happened? <laughs> There's a change of heart. Instead of calling upon all the other gods, that they, pagan gods that they were worshiping and following, they will turn to the one true God, the one who bought them, the one who paid for them, redeemed them out of Egypt and brought them into the promised land. The one who loved them, he is the one that they turn back to and seek. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I will be found by you. And I will bring you back from your captivity. Hey, listen. If you're being held captive right now, could it be because of your rebellion, your sin against God? And if it is, you see, God wants to get your attention and draw your attention to knowing that that is not right, not what he wants for you. He's trying to draw you back into a right relationship with himself to restore you back to his kingdom. Are you listening? Are you willing? Because the scripture says, God says, I will bring you back from your captivity. Restoration. Listen, many years ago, this church went through a hurt, pain. A lot of things happened because of rebellion, division. You see, Satan is the father of division. And in, in that situation, God has sought and desired to refocus his people back on his kingdom, back on his agenda, back to his way, so that he can restore the church. You know what we're seeing right now, church? The blessings of Almighty God are his, is his restoration. Yes, something happened many years ago. That's over. That's done with. It's in the past. But now, because we have gotten refocused on what God desires, what God wants for his church, what you are seeing is the restoring of the kingdom of Almighty God in his house. That's why we have young men. And men, there's some older as well, that are qualified, that are willing to serve the Lord in the deaconship. Listen, church, Wellman has gone through captivity. We have. I believe with all my heart, God has refocused his church to worship and serve him 
and has restored the spirit, the mission, the purpose of the church. What a blessing. Do we have hope for the future? You better believe it. God's still on the throne. And when as long as we stay faithful to him, his kingdom will prosper. This morning, let me ask you about this personal sin. Have you rebelled against God? If you say no, sorry, you're a liar. Because we all have. Is God trying to get your attention to show you how much he loves you and draw you back into a restoration with him? You see, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we allow God to do what he wants to do in our heart and we give him our everything, we give him our life, see, he restores us back to our created purpose to be his children, to be followers of the one true God. Would you give your life to him today? Would you come out of that captivity and allow him to restore you? You see, that's his purpose. That's his love. We were created for him, and if we're not part of him, if we're not a part of his kingdom or his children, then we've missed our purpose altogether. And there's no hope for the future. But there's victory in the name of Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for what you do for us every day. Thank you that even though we are sinful people, you don't turn away from us, but you seek to refocus us through whatever, whatever punishment, whatever, whatever it is that we have to go through in order to get our attention. But then comes the restoration, which is our hope. That we draw near to you, that we come into your presence and acknowledge that you are king. So Lord, today... We thank you for the church. What a blessing this church is. But I also thank you for those that come. And I ask that you save those that need salvation this morning. I pray that you will draw back to yourself with renewed strength those that have may strayed a little. But Father, whatever your purpose is, I pray that you accomplish that today in your invitation time. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand.